What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation podcast network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero, and with me, as always, on this beautiful Friday from NFL.com and the Ball Blast Football podcast, Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Woo! Hi, guys. I'm excited. Hi, guys. What do I normally say? Hi, y'all. Wait, hey, hey. Oh, my goodness. My brain went Who too mush for a second. Who are you? My, listen, I cannot over stress just how, you know, crazy the in season is. And I'm ready for the season to be over, honestly. Love, love it, but I'm ready. It's week four. I know, but my brain is mush. I forgot. I say, hey, hey. I was like, what do I normally say? Oh. I com- I completely forgot. And that's my bad. Off to a good start, man. Right out of the gate. Uh, We remind you, please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation podcast network. If you leave us a review, good, bad, or ugly, we promise to read it on the show. This one comes from LTD5150, five stars. Thank you very much. Subject, the high ankle sprain of Niners podcasts. While the title might lead one to suspect that this is a negative review, this podcast sits with you long after the initial injury. Rob brings the heat like a spicy Robbie Gold warm-up, and Michelle provides the stats faster than Jimmy G backing out of his own end zone. <laughs> Kyle has the calming voice of a Nick Bosa, while Levin provides the composed take of a Niners coach that no one seems to listen to, but probably should. All in all, I look forward to every podcast drop, and it helps with my overall mental health especially considering what is in store for the rest of the 2022 Game of Groans season. LTD, that is a fantastic review. That might be the best review I've ever read. Like that, They put so much thought into that. I, I love it. Um, and also, I totally feel it was a guy, right? Who, who, I don't who, know. LTD 5150. Okay. Whoever it is, I totally feel the mental health thing. I listen to podcasts for that to make me happy. And just like, you know, listen to things that you have common interest in the office ladies is my thing that just, if I'm in a bad mood, I listen to them and all of a sudden I'm in a good mood. So I hope that we can do that for you as well. Yes. Thank, and that's the bar for all reviews. That is fantastic. When you can throw in that kind of writing, I'm here for it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like we said, please keep them coming. All right. We've got a lot to do on the show. If you're new to the Gold Diggers podcast, we like to do a little fantasy, a little betting. And of course, we preview the game coming up that weekend. But before we get into the Rams and all that stuff, Michelle, here's how Michelle, right before we press record, I'm all pumped up, like ready to go. It's Friday. Yeah, let's go. She's like, I have some depressing numbers about last week's game. So go ahead, Michelle, bring us down. All right. I mean, I just want to not bring you down, but I I think we can all cry together, right? Just how (laughs) disappointing that loss was last night. There was no reason to lose that game. You just needed any offense. But the Broncos won, right? They scored 11 points with one offensive touchdown. 11 points are the fewest the Broncos have scored in a regulation win since week 16, 1992, when John Elway was the Broncos quarterback. Uh, The Broncos won despite punting the ball 10 times in the game. That is the most punts by a winning team since actually the Broncos did it in 2016. The Broncos had nine three and outs in this game. That's the most by the Broncos in a single game in a win since at least 1991. And that's tied for the fourth most in a win by any team since 1991. Uh, 
like there's zero reason to lose that game. You got to win it. You are oh, on the historical reason. end of losing there. And that's, that's just, that hurts. It was so long ago, that first stat you mentioned that Mike Shanahan wasn't even the coach of the Broncos then. It was wow. still Dan Reeves. That's how long ago it was. Uh, it was pathetic. It was infuriating and pathetic last week. That's the frustrating thing with the 49ers. When they lose, it always seems to feel like they gave it away. That's the frustrating thing. You never just feel like, well, you know what? Like the Aaron Rodgers thing last year when he scores with 30 seconds left or whatever, like Aaron Rodgers went God mode. Like, okay, you know, and Jimmy Garoppolo was bad and frustrating, but they were still in a position to win and they just got beat that day by a Hall of Fame quarterback. Okay, but this was not that. This was the complete opposite of that. It was just the 49ers. Nobody wanted to win the game, really. They kept passing it to each other. And finally, Denver was like, eh, okay, I guess we'll win. Yeah. No, it was just a brutal game on both sides for, for both offenses. I mean, both defenses are good. So I figured this was going to be a defensive battle. But like the 49ers had opportunities. It wasn't like, oh, my God, the Broncos defense was just so good. We couldn't do anything against them. It's like, no, guys were open. There were opportunities. And you just kept kicking yourself in the butt. And I honestly, I'm watching the game. And I'm like, the 49ers got this. Like, there's no way they're going to lose this game. Like, I understand it looks gross, but it, they're going to pull it out. Like, the Broncos look so bad on offense. And they just made one too many mistakes. And they couldn't come back from that. Jimmy Garoppolo, since the start of 2020, is 12 and 10 as the 49ers starting quarterback. So, you know, he's living a lot of his resume comes from 2019, and we are a long way removed from that. So he's got to pick it up. The whole offense has to pick it up. Hopefully they can do it this week. You know, I said yesterday with Levin, I feel like every time they play the Rams, their season's like on the line, right? <laughs> Start with yeah. the NFC championship game. Yes, that's obvious. It's a playoff game. The Week 18 game against the Rams last year. They had to win that game to get into the playoffs. So their season was on the line. Then when they played them earlier in the year, I think that was like week four or five, they were struggling and they would have dug themselves a massive hole if they didn't win that game. It's like every time they play the Rams, they potentially on the brink of disaster. And for the past six regular season matchups, they've been able to avoid the iceberg, so to speak. Yeah, that's, that's the lucky part here is that, Yes, I do feel like this is a must-win game. Like you cannot start one and three, especially with the schedule that's coming up. But the 49ers have been so good against the Rams in the regular season. And where they've dominated is time of possession. And they've really like they have not let Matthew Stafford go off. They made they make him uh like force turnovers in the game. Like that's what they need to do again in this matchup. And they just like I trust them to pull this out because they always do. Like there's no reason to believe that they won't against the Rams in the regular season. And it, it does come down to, I, this is a must win game. The scary thing is that Trent Williams is going to be out. Yeah. And the Rams can rush the passer even without Von Miller. Now they did beat the Rams in the regular season last year, the final week of the season without Trent Williams. So it's not impossible, but here's my worry is that Kyle's going to be like, uh Oh, Trent Williams is out. We were on our second running back, right? We got Jordan Mason is the backup running back, or maybe Marlon Mack or Tevin Coleman. One of the, like, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel running back wise. Eric Armstead may be out in this game. I'm worried that Kyle is going to turtle up and get super conservative and try to run the ball 50 times and only let Jimmy Garoppolo take like one step drops. And it's just going to be everything short, short, three yards in a cloud of dust. 
And I think they should go the complete opposite direction. I think they should let it fly. That would be great. And you, you do hope the offensive line can hold up against Aaron Donald, especially like the interior offensive line has done better than we thought they were going to do. But at the same time, I, I don't know if they're going to going to hold up against Aaron Donald. And then without Trent Williams on the outside, Trent Williams has missed four games since 2020. The San Fran quarterbacks have been pressured 2% more when Williams is off the field and they have a seven pass touchdown to six interception ratio when Williams is off the field. So it hasn't been pretty. And my biggest also concern is that Jimmy Garoppolo in primetime is basically Kirk Cousins in primetime. Like, they're the same people. He also, like in primetime, six interceptions over his last five games to just seven touchdowns. Has a one and four record in primetime, Jimmy Garoppolo does since 2021. Hasn't been pretty for him in primetime. But again, like he, they do get it done against the Rams. So I have hope that it'll be okay. First of all, you can't say San Fran. That's a no-no. Oh, my God. I know. People do hate that. I don't know I, why. I don't know why either. And sometimes I like to say it just on purpose because I because it's so silly that people care about that. It's easier to say. I don't Yeah, it seems strange to me that people care about it. But whatever. That's their thing. So I won't say it. Um, I got to wonder. Like, I remember that game. In the regular season, the last game they played when the Rams go up 17 to nothing and Sean McVay is in the end zone with the Rams celebrating. And I said at the time, like that showed you could tell how much it meant to him because he thought that they were finally going to beat the 49ers. Now they ultimately lost that game, even though they won the NFC championship last year. I still think that there's a little like I think there's a little juice to this game. I think McVay wants to stick it to Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan has largely beaten Sean McVay Shanahan is seven and three in the regular season against the Rams so I think there might be a little more extra juice in this one than just like a normal week four game yeah but I think we could see Matthew Stafford looking like week one Matthew Stafford because I think this defense is just as good as the Bills defense this year and they know how to play against Stafford and against McVay they know like Blitzing's not the way to go. Like, do not blitz Matthew Stafford because then he will destroy you. If you blitz <laughs> or if you don't blitz him and only rush, you know, four or fewer rushers, like that's where he struggles. And guess what? The 49ers are so good at getting pressure without blitzing. So I think it's like I maybe the offense struggles for the 49ers, but I also think the Rams offense is going to struggle a lot. Like Cooper Cup will do his thing just like he did against the Bills. But overall, I think the rest of the offense and Stafford will make mistakes. They're going to struggle. So you just need Jimmy Garoppolo to not be as bad as last week. They need to score maybe one or one more touchdown and they'll be okay. But I believe in this defense to pull it out here against the Rams, especially with it being a home game. Yeah, I, honestly, I was talking about that with Levin. We were saying how I felt like somebody needs to provide a spark on offense for this team. Somebody's got to do it. Usually it was Debo last year. I don't know who it's going to be this year. And I'm wondering if maybe it'll be the crowd. Maybe it'll just be the home fans. You know they're going to be going nuts in this game. Maybe that's where they get the juice. But they got to get it from somewhere. They just need some life. Well, they're not feeding Debo enough. Like in the way they're feeding him is super odd this, this season. Like I wrote to you and I said, it's inexcusable the way that Devo Samuel is being used so far through three weeks. When, I, when I'm talking about air yards here, so I'm looking at next gen stats, air yards, it's not just receptions, right? It's not just how many air yards you have on receptions. It's just anytime you're targeted, 
how many yards through the air is it? And you combine all of those yards up. Debo Samuel has 63 air yards on the season. That is fourth fewest among all players that have 20 targets this season, not just wide receivers. So the only ones that have fewer are Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, and Javante Williams. Those are running backs. (laughs) And he's at 63. You know who has more air yards than him this year? Brees Hall, rookie running back. Tyler Higby, not even a good tight end. Russell Gage, Tyler Conklin, tight end for the Jets, if you don't know that. Greg Dortch for the Cardinals. Greg Dortch has double the air yards on him. And you're looking at guys at the top. Chris Olave has 528 air yards. That is 10 times what? the amount of air yards than Debo Samuel. This is how crazy it is the way he's being used. His average up the target is three yards. That's a running back. Like that's inexcusable. That's not like there's other guys that are good after the catch, right? You can't just be like, well, Debo's so good after the catch. No. You know who else is good after the catch? Jamar Chase. His average depth of target is nine yards. He's second in the league and or no, I'm sorry, but he's not second in the league, but he's high up there in air yards total with 323. Cooper Cup is good after the catch. He's up there with 316, averaging nine yards, uh average up the target. Like it's so inexcusable the way he's being used and he's getting paid like target him deeper down the field. So that's really interesting to me because what that tells me is they aren't being creative with how they're getting him the ball. They're basically just saying screen passes or super short one step drop plays. That's it. And I don't, that seems really weird to me because it's not like Kyle Shanahan can't get creative with his play calling, but he needs to, because I've said it all the time. Debo's going to break the first tackle that comes his way. Why not throw it to him deeper down the field so that first tackler is a defensive back instead of a linebacker or a defensive lineman? Because then he'll really do some damage. And we saw that last year before he got used as a running back. He was racking up the receiving yards. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, these short plays aren't going to work as well if that's all you're doing. Like you need to open up the offense. You need to have that threat of him getting open deep. It can't just be, oh, we're going to pass it to him behind the line of scrimmage over and over and over. It's like, okay, sure, maybe he still might break the first tackle, but then there's going to be someone right there because they know that's what's happening. Like, you, you got to get more creative with him. Just intermediate, even like, I'm not saying he has to go deep on a bunch of plays, but get him over the middle, some slant plays, like use him elsewhere, please, because he's too special to just be limiting to this type of role. Yeah, I totally agree with you. That's a really depressing number that you just threw. You are such a downer this week, Michelle. I'm sorry. I I think they're going to win the game. I just think that Kyle Shanahan needs to, I don't know. Like I get he's super smart and I get he's an NFL coach and I'm not. And I get he's been very successful at scoring points, but there's, he just goes through these slumps where I feel like we have to get so mad at him. And then, then we look <laughs> stupid because then all of a sudden his offense starts clicking and it all works out, but it it's too many slumps. It happens too often. And I think part of the reason, and he got a little defensive today because of course he always gets defensive whenever you bring up anything. But I think part of it is he's adjusting to number one, losing Mike McDaniel and number two, just all the changes on the coaching staff. The 49ers made four, coaching staff changes this offseason. Now, that's not all on the offense, and it doesn't mean that that's all. It's 14 new coaches. Some of those are new coaches. Some of them are just um, position changes within the coaching staff. But still, 14 new changes. He's got people doing different jobs, maybe in things they haven't done before. I think he's still figuring out who's good at what and how to work with the different people. 
All of that is going to take time. And it's part of the reason I said I thought the Niners would be better at the end of the season, at the beginning of the season. But I was also thinking they'd still be good enough to beat the Bears, you know, and to beat. Why am I not remembering who they just lost to? Oh, the Broncos. Oh, yeah. Broncos. Like, I thought they'd still be able to good enough to figure it out while they became good. And now they're at the point where it's week four and we're calling this a must win. I know because I don't think if they didn't have the schedule coming up, they want to be so much a must win, but you never want to start one and three anyways, and then get down to what the, the Rams would be three and one at that point. You don't want to be two games back. And then also the loss to them. That would not be good. I did while you're talking, because you know, that's what I do as I look up other things. I'm so sorry, but I was listening to you, but yeah, Devo Samuel last year had a thousand and forty seven air yards this year. He's on pace for 357. For the whole year. For for the whole year. He's on pace for 357. <laughs> <laughs> and last year he had a thousand and forty-seven air yards. Like whatever is happening, however they're using him, they need to stop and change it immediately. And the weird thing is like the 49ers have clearly established that they are going to generally throw shorter, they're going to throw over the middle, and they're going to run the ball a lot. Like it is clear at this point. So why not come out in this game? Throw it deep, throw it to the outside at least a couple of times. You don't have to do it every time, but I feel like it's going to be available to you at least early. Take it. If it's there, at least try. Who knows what can happen? Maybe it's not complete. Maybe it's you get a flag and you get the yards that way. Or maybe the Rams just get a little spooked and start to play off a little bit, which will open up some of that stuff underneath that's your bread and butter. But I feel like if the other, we know what the defense is going to guard against. So why not just do the other thing? Yeah, and we've seen the Rams get beat through the air this year, not on the ground. They've been very good uh, defense on the ground, but through the air, Marquise Brown put up 140 yards last week. I mean, it took him 14 receptions, but still, like they figured out ways to get the ball in his hands. Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis uh, put up 200 yards together. Drake London, the rookie for the Falcons, even put up 86 yards. Like. There's yards to get through the air against the Rams. They're not like, oh, they're not a team we can pass on. No, they're pretty much not a team you can run on. They need to be airing it out. And this is what we said each of the last two games. Don't take it slow because then at the end of the game, it's a mistake ruins you. Like, don't let yourself get into that situation. But I don't know how many more times we're going to say it. So I'm sure Shanahan will start slow in this game. They'll score maybe a touchdown in the first half and then try to win it at the end. It's just like, yep. But maybe, maybe it'll change. We'll say it every week until it changes. Maybe he'll be aggressive in the first half. I would love to see it. I actually wrote something for Niners Nation today about his fourth down decisions because they continue to be just utterly putrid. And it's interesting. I went back and looked it up. His first year as 49ers head coach, the Niners had the 10th most attempts on fourth down out of any team in the league. And I was like, damn, that's pretty good. Since then, they have been 31st, 31st, 28th, and 26th in fourth down attempts. And that, when you're playing all these close games, that is sometimes the difference between winning and losing. Because if you're constantly punting and kicking, you're keeping the other team in the game. And I think the Kyle is so risk averse. He always looks at it from what if we fail? He never considers how much it would help him if he got the first down. And so he never goes for it. And I think he, he doesn't, 
I don't know if he doesn't realize it or what it is, but he's making it harder for himself to win. He does. I mean, the 49ers do have five fourth down attempts this year, which is, you know, top how, 12 in the league. But how many of those two, came with Trey Lance? I do not know. That's asking too much of me right now. <laughs> <laughs> but two conversions. Yeah, like I said, I don't know when the games came, but they do have also 14 punts, which is one of the most in the league. So that just means they're getting a lot of fourth downs, which means they're not succeeding on third downs, which is the bigger issue here. Like they need to have more success on first to third downs because all of the fourth downs are having. That's just like, I, I get it. Like, right. You want to go for more fourth downs, but if you're not succeeding and you fail, it's just like, maybe stop putting your, yourself in that position so often with your run, run pass. <laughs> yeah. They went for two fourth downs, by the way, with Trey Lance. I will say that Kyle does seem more apt to go for it on fourth down with Trey, but like, even in terms of like last week against Denver, perfect example, fourth and two in the fourth quarter, what does Kyle do? trots out Robbie gold to kick a field goal, which does nothing for you, which makes the score 10 to five, which means your defense can't allow a single touchdown in the game. Otherwise you're going to lose. And the Niners never got close to the Broncos 33 yard line again in the game. You got to go for it when you're there. Cause you don't know if you're ever going to be back. And even if they failed and the Broncos went down and scored a touchdown, you still could answer with a touchdown and you'd have the lead. So even in the worst case scenario, you still were going to be in a position to be able to win that game with a single score. So it just didn't make sense. I think that Levin said it best. Kyle looks like a new school head coach because he's got the Yeezys on and he's a younger guy. He is not. He is an old school curmudgeon. He looks, I don't know. I'm opposite of you guys. He looks like he's aged 20 years. Well, he has aged. Yeah, he's aged like a president. He does not look young anymore. I will give you this. Uh, the 49ers have punted six times on fourth and three or shorter, which is tied Ugh. for the second most in the league. So you're right. That, that it's I, close. I, of course, we need more context than that, right? Like we're what what side of the field were they on? I don't have time to look into all that right no, now. Because I, I don't. do like I do like listening to you, you know. I don't always ignore you. Yeah. So maybe gee, maybe that'll be a project I do if they punt a few more times, a couple more times in this game. I'll dig into it more. But yeah, I mean, we this has been our criticism of Shanahan for a long time now, is he's just he's a good play caller 75% of the time. Like he's creative. Like we get it. Like he can be very good. It's just he's very conservative and he's very hard headed. And he's, you know, no one's gonna change his mind. And then all of a sudden it clicks for a span of games and you just have to hope that it comes at the right time. And it does typically tend to come towards the playoffs and then they have a playoff run. So, well, I guess not because the offense, but you know, towards the end of the season, I feel like yeah, the he generally, more. He, he generally starts slow and then picks it up as the year goes along. We'll see if he can do it this week. Uh, I think that, it's going to be a game like the Niners are not going to get blown up. That defense is too good for them. Unless the offense is just constantly turning it over. They're not going to get blown up. They're going to be in it. So we'll have to see the, you know, a couple different bounces. I do think it's a little underrated. I think Denver recovered three or four fumbles last week too. Like there were a couple with a ball bounced right back to them. One deep in their own territory too. That would have been massive for the 49ers. So, Literally you know, anything that could have went the 49ers way last game did not. Yes. It's like it they could not get a bounce to save their lives. 
Hopefully that trend does not continue. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get into some of our prop bets. You've got a few. I think we're going to have a few arguments this week, Michelle, which is going to be good. I like it. That's fun. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast, it is time for us to hopefully make you some money. We got a little bit of work to do after last week. One out of three that I put on NinersNation.com. You did hit on Debo Samuel longest reception over 22 and a half. And you were so close with the Brandon Ayuk part of that. He was at 21 and a half and his longest catch was 20 in the game. And then he had another 19 yarder, right? Or 18 (laughs) or something? Driving me crazy. I was like, are you kidding me? Just like, and one of them was a poor pass where if you just would have hit him correctly, he would have got the few extra yards. It's fine. I don't want to make excuses. Yeah. uh, Devo Samuel died off with his rushing yards. He did have five attempts, but he He hasn't been good outside of one fifty one yard run against the Seahawks. Debo rushing has not worked. Like you're not tricking anybody anymore. Defenses studied it all last year. It's not working anymore. Yeah. And maybe that's where Mike McDaniel is really missed. Peter King called Mike McDaniel the Debo Samuel whisperer today or uh, this week on uh, radio in San Francisco. Maybe that's where they miss him the most is Debo running the ball because it ain't working. No, I just talked about where they miss him the most is using him as a wide receiver (laughs) instead of whatever they're using him as right now. No, I mean, that's where they miss McDaniel the most. I I know. Well, okay, but still, I feel like McDaniel doesn't have too much control of saying, can you run a route down the field, please? Right. No, you you could just you could just do that. It, It seems pretty easy to me. By the way, before we get into the props, quick trivia question for you that you had no idea was going to spring on you. If the 49ers win on Monday night, they will tie for the most wins on Monday night football in NFL history. What team will the 49ers tie with their 51st Monday night football win? I'm guessing the Steelers, since you're asking the question. That is correct. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers. See, I just used my brain there why you would ask me that. Um, That's the only reason I knew. See, I'm nice. I could have set you up to fail. It could have been like, you know, the The Eagles. Right, whatever. But it wasn't. So that's, I'm nice to you. You're mean to me. The Steelers are winners, baby. Steelers and 49ers. We have two winning teams that are not winning teams this year. (laughs) They will be eventually, hopefully. Not Not, Not the Steelers, but the 49ers will be, yes. Lots of interesting props in this game. Um, I've got a few that I like. But I'll, you go first. We'll start there. All right. One that I am. Okay. There's two I'm hammering. I'm trying to think about which one I want to start with. Let's go with Cam Akers. I'm taking an under. I get it. Like I don't take unders and I feel like they always bite me in the back. All right, do. grandma. Under 42 and a half rushing yards among 71 players in the NFL with 75 plus rush attempts since the start of the 2021 season. Cam Akers is dead last in yards per carry at 2.75. He is one of just two players to average under 3.4 yards per carry in that span. It's also with Philip Lindsay, but like there's only two guys averaging under 3.4 and he's at (laughs) 2.7. It's been terrible for him. I get last week, right? It's it's like, Oh my goodness. He's better this week. He put up 60 something yards, 63, 61. The thing is it was one drive and I don't know if the Cardinals just fell apart during that drive. But in the first half, he had two carries for negative one yards. That was his first half last week. 
Mm-hmm. And then he didn't really do much in the beginning of the third quarter. Then on the eighth offensive drive, he had five carries for 48 yards. Very good. And then the next drive, they went back to him, four carries for nine yards back to being bad. So it was one drive this year that he had some success. And then the rest of the drives this year has been absolutely terrible and blame it on the Achilles all you want. That's probably what it is, but you know, he still has to deal with that. And the 49ers are allowing just 2.9 yards per carry this season. Like they're dominant against the run. They're given no space. Like these two, these two players do not mesh the cam Akers and the 49ers defense are possibly the worst thing that acres could uh come across so no no i'm taking that under hard have to say i don't like taking unders but you're right a weakness of the rams and a strength of the 49ers that's not good news if you're a cam Akers fan uh it's weird i feel like sean McVay has kind of been searching for todd Gurley ever since todd Gurley left like he's been trying he wants to run his offense through a running back but he can't because he just they cannot find a guy that can kind of do it all like Gurley did when he was there I don't see Cam Akers hitting this over by any stretch of the imagination. The 49ers defense is great, and you know how it's going to go. They are going to come out with their hair on fire. They are going to come out ready to roll. We see it time and time again with this defense. I I don't think Cam Akers has a shot in hell to get 43 yards rushing in this game. I totally and completely agree with you. And last week, he split the backfield still. It looked like it turned to Cam Akers instead of Daryl Henderson. They both had 24 offensive snaps in the game. It's just when Cam Akers was in, he got the touches, and Daryl Henderson only got four. Like, if they're both splitting the snaps, I expect both to then get equal touches. It was just a weird game last week. And like I said, I just, I just easy under for me. Full disclosure, we are taping this on Thursday night. I'm incredibly frustrated that there is no Jeff Wilson over under for attempts because whatever it was, I was going to pound the over the 49ers love to run the ball. They specifically love to run the ball against the Rams. They have 30 or more carries in five of their last six regular season games against the Rams. That's what Kyle wants to do. He doesn't want Jimmy Garoppolo to have to throw it ever. If he could help it. I don't know if that eventually comes up. Keep your eye on that. If you can, because if the Jeff Wilson attempts number is 15, 20, 25, I still might take the over at 25. Like, I think they are just going to pound it as much as possible. So you you would take the over 56 and a half rush yards then, right? Because if you think he's going to get 20 carries, he would have to average, his average would have to be absolutely terrible to not hit that over. I don't think it matters even if it is terrible. It was He was not good last week against Denver outside of like two runs, and he was still getting the ball. I mean, Jordan Mason couldn't see the field. He had one carry in the whole damn game. Maybe he'll get those that rushing over. I'm not as confident in that, though. The attempts is the thing because Kyle's going to go to it. But I see your point. But if he has 20 attempts, he has to have 56. I mean, not has to, but you would think he is. He's had 84 and 75 the last two games. The only reason I'm kind of staying away from that line is because like the Rams have been pretty solid at stopping the run. So I, I think he could hit it, but I don't, I just don't want to put my money on Jeff Wilson jr. <laughs> He's just a guy. He's, He's just, Kyle just loves guy. him. He's just a dude, but Kyle can't quit him. All right. What's number two for you? All right, Cooper Cup over 93 and a half receiving yards. This uh it's lower because last week he had a he had a finally he had a dud 44 receiving yards. When does that happen? I'll tell you when. 
He has had fewer than 90 receiving yards in just three of his last 24 games played, including the playoffs. All three of those games came against the Cardinals. So Cardinals Cardinals know how to stop him and nobody else does. So I'm not worried about last week whatsoever. And his three games against Cardinals, 44 yards last week, 64 and 61. So they have contained him in all three games. Someone needs to ask, you know, ask that defensive coordinator how, but they clearly know how to do it. Now, Cooper Cup against the 49ers last year, 122 yards, 118 yards, and 142 (laughs) yards. A little bit different. And, I mean, this year, like, I do think, I think their secondary is better, but they still let Cortland Sutton and Tyler Lockett both hit. They both hit this number. Both had over 95 yards. So, Cooper Cup's too good. I'm not worried about his performance last week, over 93 and a half. Okay, so this was interesting to me because I actually saw that number and I was like, maybe this could be the time. I'm fascinated to see if they put Mooney Ward on Cooper Cup and just have him shadow him the whole game, right? Mooney Ward was their big free agent addition. This is the guy you signed to kind of stabilize the secondary a little bit. I don't know how they're going to defend him, but I would be fascinated to see if Mooney Ward goes on him. And I'm like, I'm kind of interested to see like, all right, Let's see if Cooper Cup can do it again. Can this defense finally stop a guy who, like you just pointed out, has owned them historically? Well, uh, he owns everybody, yes, right? That's true, except the so Cardinals. It, yeah, except the Cardinals. So it's not it's not the 49ers' fault. And you can beat the Rams, Cooper Cup going off. I mean, you saw the Bills destroy the Rams. Yeah. And Cooper Cup had a – I mean, he didn't even have that good of a game. He just had a ton of targets and a ton of receptions. So, it, you know, it – is a good game because your yards are so high, but it's not like his efficiency was great. That could be the same type of thing here. You just know he's going to be targeted a ton and he's going to put up the yards. He'll probably break one. And I don't know, like does Mooney go in the slot that often? I would have to look that up, but I don't think so. That's the thing. Yeah. But, so but that means it, he's going to be against Samuel Womack. Well, I don't know. Diamador Lenore was the nickel corner last week for some reason. Kyle said for some reason they just liked Lenore better. He, he's been playing better, which is weird because, like, damn, we all thought Samuel Womack was going to be a stud. But, yeah, that's what I want to see. Like, do they do they let Mooney go to the slot if Cooper does? or Because, do, like, do you really want Cooper Cup matched up on Diamador Lenore? I, I don't know about that. So I'm fascinated to see that. There's only one real way, though, that I feel like Cooper Cup is going to get severely held back. And it has to do with one of my bets. And it's like a dual bet, really, because I'm going to bet on or bet against, I should say, both quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo and Matthew Stafford. They're over under for interceptions. 0.5 for each guy. You know I'm taking the Garoppolo over because I do it every single week. Well, guess what? The same thing applies to Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford throws interceptions like Jameis Winston throws interceptions. Now, the difference is, Stafford also drops 40 touchdowns a year generally, but I'm counting on it, especially with the way the 49ers secondary has played this year. They're going to get one. And one thing they have shown this year, when they get the chance, they actually catch it. Jaquaski Tart doesn't live here anymore. Okay. Mooney Ward called the secondary pick city in the beginning of the year. And I kind of agree with him. So I'm betting that Jimmy's going to throw at least one and Stafford's going to throw at least one too. I mean, yeah, the Stafford one is crazy that it's still at just 0.5 interceptions. I know they do that for every quarterback, but I feel like at this point, it should just be like, hey, is he going to throw more than one? Because that's still a pretty good bet. He has seven games with multiple interceptions since joining the Rams in 2021, the most in the NFL. 
He has 22 interceptions and 20 games played with the Rams. So that's more than one a game. And 20 of those 22 interceptions have come against non-blitz. So four or fewer rushes, Mm -hmm. which we were talking about earlier. The 49ers know not to blitz Stafford. Like they're not going to blitz him. So that's even going to give them a better opportunity. And it worked out last year. Stafford threw two interceptions in both of the regular season games against the 49ers. Stafford will like, yeah, he's going to throw an interception, but I'm saying all of this and that hasn't hurt Cooper cups receiving yards in the slightest. It might actually help because then they need to come back. You know, then they need to throw more because Stafford threw an interception. Here's the other thing. And I think it's clear, like you rush Stafford with four, right? And then he gets a little nervous. He's not a guy that throws it away a ton. So he kind of forces it a little bit and that's how you end up throwing interceptions. But this Niners defense is so good. They're forcing not just stops. They're forcing three and outs on 44% of opponent possessions. That is number one in the league. The next closest is Green Bay at 32. That's how much better the 49ers have been. And I know, oh, they played this team. They played the Bears. They played, whatever, man. That's absurd. For To force three and outs on almost half of all opponent possessions, that's incredible no matter who it's against. Yeah, you want to know a fun little stat? They're allowing 3.9 yards per play this season, which is... Oh, I think I know this one. Obviously, first in the NFL, there's only been one team since 2000 to allow fewer than four yards per play in a season. Who is it? I'll let you guess. Since 2000. Since 2000. Does that include 2000? Because I would say the Ravens. That was the year they went to the Super Bowl. No. Oh. uh, So even they didn't do it. Is it a Legion of Boom team? One of the Seahawks teams? Nope. They were very good defense, though. Who is it? The 2008 Steelers, baby. 3.9 yards per play allowed. You flipped it on me. They finished 12-4 and and won the Super Bowl that season. I mean, obviously, it's only three games, so they have to keep doing it. But what they're doing so far is extremely impressive. And that's what makes the record that much more disappointing because the defense has been doing their thing. You just need the offense to be game managers. Like, just get it done. Uh, and so far they haven't, but it's so, it's so great to see how good this defense has really turned out to be. And shout out to your Steelers. Cause Troy Palomalu is working with Talanoa Hufanga and whatever he he's so doing, good. it's working, man. Cause that guy's a freaking beast. Pro football focus had a stat uh, called stops, which I think is tackles at or behind the line of scrimmage. Hufanga, I think has 11, which is, I think tops in the NFL. Pretty impressive. No, he looks great out there. He like looks like a mini Palomalu kind the of. Hair. I mean, it's the hair, obviously, and yeah, it's it's everything. But no, he looks fantastic, and they needed that. Jimmy, do you think Jimmy Ward will come back in Week Five? It seems like it. They haven't. They're they're kind of slow playing it a little bit, but like Gibson has been okay. Like he hasn't been that bad. I was really thinking that like he would be a liability, but he's been. He's been respectable and Hufanga's just been all world. Like it is, he does, he even plays like Palomalu. The way that Troy used to anticipate like the snap count and he would just bust in the backfield. Like Hufanga's doing those same things. I'm old enough to remember Troy Palomalu, damn it. And he looks like him. Well, I am too. He was my favorite stealer probably ever. But he, uh, Hufanga does have 11 stops, uh, which doesn't lead the NFL, but it leads all defensive backs. So okay. he's been fantastic. He's an absolute freak. All right. What is your third best bet? All right. I'm going. I know I've been 
I've been slamming the hammer on Kyle here tonight about Devo Samuel, but I'm going with Devo Samuel over 55 and a half receiving yards. He has only hit it in one game so far, but that was last week with 73 yards and he had eight targets, which is nice to see the most this season. And I believe they're not going to keep utilizing him the same way because that's just a recipe to lose. Like, do you want to win? Then fix it. And as I brought up, the Rams have allowed wide receivers to do their thing against them this year. I already said Brown and Stefan Diggs. They had each over 120 yards. Gabe Davis, 88 yards. Drake London, 86. Greg Dortch had 80 yards. Kaderil Hodge had 57, which is still over what Devo Samuel needs. So Devo Samuel should be able to hit this over pretty easily. They use utilize them all over the field. Again, like I, I think his air yards will go up, but even if, even if they don't, he gets enough yards after con- or after catch that it'll be okay. So I think this line is way too low for him. And last year, I mean, all three games that he played against the Rams were after they started to use him as a running back week 10, week 18. And in the playoffs, he had 97, 95 and 72 receiving yards. So he hit this over easily in all three of those games. Here's my worry with Trent Williams out. I feel like what's going to happen is Shanahan's going to use Kittle to block more. So that means Jalen Ramsey is going to be able to lock up Debo and then they're going to double Ayuk. So that's my only worry. Like can Debo get open against Jalen Ramsey? If he's matched up one-on-one, not quite sure about that. He's not the best route runner. Okay, maybe, but last week, right, against the Cardinals, it's Marquise Brown and nobody else. And then you can say they can put Ramsey on Marquise Brown and then double Greg Dortch because that's literally their <laughs> next second best wide receiver. And Dortch still went off for 80 and Marquise Brown still had 140. So if they can figure it out, then I feel like the 49ers should be able to figure it out since their playmakers are much better than Marquise Brown and Greg Dortch. I like Marquise Brown. Don't get me wrong, but Devo's better than him. And Brandon Ayuk, his skill set is 10,000 times better than Greg Dortch's. That's fair. That's that makes me feel a little better. Now, it's about time you started making me feel good instead of always just poo-pooing me and, and making us feel terrible. Well, and uh, Vegas still likes Brandon Ayuk. I mean, they're never going to downgrade his receiving yards. It just stays there at 49 and a half, no matter how much he doesn't hit it or like they just, they, they stick with him and the Rams have allowed two wide receivers in each game to hit over 50 yards. So the 49ers would be the first ones not to do it. This year i mean i guess it, unless a different wide receiver steps up like jennings or something but if two guys have 50 yards it should be Ayuk and debo so if you wanted to bet on Ayuk, i would take the over as well see i disagree i think it should be kittle honestly they do not they gotta stop with this george kittle usage it drives me nuts he has in his career i was texting you about this because i was just the more i thought about it like the angrier i got he only has in his entire career 11 games with 10 or more targets in six years. Travis Kelsey has 33 games with 10 plus targets in his career, which admittedly is nine years because his rookie year, he played in one game. So I'm not even counting that. So it's a little bit longer, but the point still stands. They got to get over this Kittle as a blocker, put him in the slot, use him as a receiver. It's so frustrating. You're paying this guy all this money to block. No, we have tackles. We're 
Forget that. But you don't, though. So now you were just saying that Debo is not going to have yards because Trent Williams is gone. I, like, I don't really understand that correlation. But now George Kittle is going to block less with Trent Williams gone? No, he's going to block more. I think he should block less. I What I'm saying is I think Kyle is going to make him block more because Trent Williams is gone. When I think, again, the opposite is what he should do. Put him in the slot. Use him. Though All these teams have all these tight ends that put up all these crazy numbers. We know George is capable of it. He set the record for tight end receiving yards in a single season with crap quarterbacks. Let him be that guy. You've only got him for a couple more years. I hate to break it to you, 49er fans. Let's utilize him. And I don't think they're going to. And it's so frustrating because I feel like there's so much more juice that they could squeeze from that orange. Yeah. You weren't listening to me. I know. You weren't listening to me. What were you looking at? Just tell me. I wanted to see who scored for the Bengals and it was Mm -hmm. Joe Mixon. So, yep. (laughs) <laughs> yep, I know. I could tell. You can't fool me anymore. This is episode 57. I did say I did not want to record during the Thursday night football game. And here we are. And we're recording, but I'm happy because I had a good time. But no, I, I mean, I get you. George Kittle does need to be utilized more. But at the same time, who, is the offensive line going to hold up without Kittle blocking? It's, Figure it's it out, Kyle. Figure it out. All right. Other teams don't have Trent Williams. They seem to be able to get their playmakers the ball. It's about time you figure it out, too. All right, last quick bet I want to make, and this is another long-term bet just because I think this person is amazing, and that's Nick Bosa. His over-under for sacks is .25. So even if all he needs is a half sack and you hit the over, I would take that Nick Bosa for every single game he plays. He's a monster. He's going to get 20 this year. I've been telling you all year, bet the over every week. You're going to make money by the end of the season. This is the first time I've seen sacks be up for the 49ers uh, in any of these games. So I didn't even look this week, of course, and now they put it up. Yeah, I I think he has 0.5 sacks in each of the last six games. Don't quote me on that, but it's been quite a streak. I don't have it pulled up. So I'm easily taking that over. Nick Bosa is a beast, and the Rams offensive line is nothing that special. I will say... Safford got sacked, what, seven times in week one, and then he's only been sacked one time in each of the last two games. Mm-hmm. So they've clearly fixed things. He's getting the ball out quicker as well. But, you know, the Bills have a re- like their defensive line is good. And then they faced the Falcons and Cardinals who do not have a good pass rush. So I think Nick Bosa is going to do his thing against this offensive line. I don't know if they're going to get to him seven times. I could see three sacks in this game with Nick Bosa at least getting one of them. Just bet on Nick Bosa. He'll never steer you wrong. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Gold Diggers podcast because Michelle wants to watch Thursday Night Football. She's putting her needs ahead of your needs. Just stating that for the record. Uh, I will say I did not think Joe Mixon was going to have a good game, and he already has a touchdown, so I'm sad already. I hate football. Football. (laughs) (laughs) Go to NFL.com. You can check out Michelle's fantasy column every single week. It will be there for you. It is fantastic. So you should go read it. Please keep your ratings and your reviews coming. Don't forget to join us after the game on the Niners Nation Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. We will be there for the instant reaction. Also, my Twitch page. Shout out to everybody in the UK that watches me on Twitch. I feel super special. (laughs) So thank you for that. Michelle, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And I'll talk to you next week. Thanks. You too. Good luck. Bye, y'all. You forgot again? How'd I forget? I said bye, y'all. Yeah, but it was like the third thing. 
Well, I was trying to get the go 49ers, but it wouldn't come out of my mouth. So it is what it is. I'm struggling tonight. 